Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Maritime Deluxe. I am your host, Billy Cole. Today I am joined by Chuck Doffney, a chiropractor from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, Chuck started the Halifax Muscles, which is an LGBTQ plus hockey team based out of Halifax, encouraging people to come out and play hockey who may not be comfortable uh, trying out new sports. Uh, In this episode, we talk about Chuck and his struggle coming out to his parents and the start of the Halifax Muscles and more. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoy. Can you hear me now? Yes, perfect. Okay. <laughs> it's the Apple versus PC, I guess. This is the Apple. <laughs> yeah, all set now, though. It's, uh, it's okay. been a tough world trying to adjust to, to all these uh, online meetings. <laughs> yeah. How have you been? Good. Good, yeah, good. Um, so before we start, uh, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Chuck Daphne, and um, I'm a chiropractor, a local chiropractor in the city. And from what I gather, we're talking about the initiative that I started, the Halifax Muscles. It's like the first LGBT, well, 2S LGBTQ plus um, hockey league in Atlanta, Canada, actually, uh, in 2017. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely talk about that and, and a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm just wondering what your uh, life was growing up, how you got into sports and chiropractic and, and your initiative to start this team. Yeah, I mean, I my parents tried to put me into sports at, like, at a young age. Um, I did, clear, like quite young, I did identify as gay. I, I didn't really know what that meant at the time, um, but uh i just uh, i knew it was different so i I had to kind of grow up fairly quickly just uh people kind of guessed based on mannerisms and i like i hit it for years and years and years and um but i was one of the kids that wanted to fit in so bad and i wanted to be popular (laughs) so i really tried like everything to fit in so i mean i did try hockey it didn't it wasn't really i didn't really feel comfortable in um um with that sport so much like my mom like i grew really fast as a kid and uh just putting on like the skates and stuff it was like killing my achilles heel from what she gathered um i definitely was probably a pain with that sport and eventually got into soccer which was also kind of um, difficult during growing pains, but, um, eventually like I still continued with in sports. Like I tried almost every sport, like include, like I got into basketball, um, volleyball and eventually like kind of found rowing as a, like a big passion. And, but the part, like when this was in high school and, um, but this is what kind of like drove me into mechanics because, the technique of rowing and pulling water and like like the training was really intense like in the gym and um it actually got me to connect more with like some of the friends that i really wanted to hang out with which were like you know the hockey players and the football players and stuff so i really connected with the gym the most and so my workouts were very similar to like the football hockey team so um i eventually 
continued mainly with the weightlifting portion, more like bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, then like an injury happens, like, you know, before Instagram, like I didn't know squat squatting like uh technique at the time and um i was like lifting tons of weight um and and then i basically hurt my back really bad and then i like went on this sort of like therapy um journey (laughs) i i was in engineering at the time i did mechanical engineering and so i was working and working out really heavy and so um from there i uh I came out in engineering too. So, um, like the whole time I was like in the closet going through all these sports, uh, trying to find a sport that I really fit in. And, but I was really connected to my, my masculinity, like hardcore. Like I was, you know, dating a ton of girls. I was breaking a lot of hearts <laughs> and I was confused a little bit. I mean, I kind of knew I would get to a place where I was safe. Eventually. I felt like if I moved to a bigger city, it would be better, but there was still not really a lot of information about being gay when I grew up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when I was in engineering, I came out and, um, everyone was really accepting and it was mainly like a male dominated field, especially in mechanics, because I was really interested in cars and planes at the time, but then eventually got super interested in biotechnology and, um, artificial limbs and hips and pacemakers. So, when I started to like focus my engineering career on that, um, I realized that the human body was, um, the parts that were given, you can't replace those. Like, I, I mean, we, like I spent many labs and, and even worked with patients with some of the, uh, gadgets that we can make for them. But, um, you know, really then my journey kind of became like, how do I preserve my body? And then when I had that injury, it was kind of at the same time, I was looking for someone to kind of fix my back because I want to get back to the gym. And, and, uh, and then, um, and then I kind of like, I tried a lot of different therapies. Like everyone's kind of got their story with therapies. Like sometimes it was the physio that fixed them sometimes with the osteopath or whatever. But for me, like I tried everything like acupuncture or whatever, but it was really the chiropractic manipulations that really like just opened me up. Like I, I think it was probably just from years rowing and lifting heavy weights. And then, um, so I kind of switched my, you know, I was working as an engineer and then I got into chiropractic and it was just, it just made sense. Like, yeah. so now, I mean, when I graduated, I, I really like kind of wanted to work in sports just because the chiropractors that worked in sport seemed to know a lot about more, more about the mechanics. So I trained under a sport chiropractor for several years and eventually you know, I worked with so many like different types of <laughs> sports because of him. And he, uh, my cat, my cat talks. Sorry. <laughs> Can you hear that? <laughs> uh, a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs> he he kind of sings. Um, anyway. Yeah. Like, and I, I like, I've done like, you know, from not like curling events, like the briar to, you know, hockey to football and like most of my, like the sport coverage I had was like traumatic sports Mm -hmm. or like, um, like more like contact sports. So, but yeah, it was eventually, it was just like working with those teams. It was, it kind of brought back memories of me wanting to skate again. Cause like all the other sports seemed cool. Like I, I mean, I'm now I even curled because of that and I'm like, uh, but 
it was watching like I I got really involved with Hockey Nova Scotia and I still mm -hmm. am um but uh watching the performance camps and like watching the athletes like how to develop an athlete and working behind the scenes as a chiropractor and slash trainer uh I got to really see how to build an athlete and like it was something I never really you know really can um got to do myself growing up and then um I was lucky enough that I had another chiropractor colleague that, you know, used my, like some of my um, experience to kind of like gain the Sydney Crosby hockey school. So we, we, we worked there for three years. I mean, it hasn't, they haven't had it on for a while and that school with Sydney um, and meeting him was like game changing. Like I, I still hadn't played hockey at this point and I got to see what the kids were going through. Like, I mean, I saw it at a high level, like, you know, tryouts to go to the Canada games team. But then, um, you know, with Sydney, it was like, they, they got the kids from all over the world to play, you know, these little drills and stuff that I just wanted to do, do yeah. that so bad. And then eventually I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to get skates again, and buy the gear. And I went and did like skating lessons um and started playing like in straight leagues and like just pick up leagues around the city and I just fell in love with it and but eventually again the like that uncomfortableness in the locker rooms and it's really weird like even sometimes behind the scenes as a chiropractor I I almost would you almost kind of go in the closet all the time like it's it's really strange to be gay sometimes um because you don't know the audience and like, you don't know what people are thinking. So here I am playing. I, I like, I was loving the game, but I just really kind of craved maybe doing it with my community and like some of my friends, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's, I could talk on and on about that, but <laughs> definitely uh, sounds like a lot we can, we can talk about. Um, but you mentioned that you said you knew you were gay when you were quite young. Uh, how old were you? I think it was five, like around that time, because yeah. it was before elementary school. So. Okay. And you, and you said you didn't come out for quite some time. I think you said you were 19, 19. <laughs> what was that so, time? Yeah. Like before that, between five and 19, knowing that and not being, uh, not, I'm not sure how you felt, but not coming out. How did that make you feel? Uh, I don't know I, I'm like I'm just so blessed I had like the best family um mm -hmm. we grew up laughing all the time so they're the ones that you know really kept me going and um luckily like I like when I look back on my life it wasn't it wasn't really bad like it, if anything it was you know I just I really like I love I'm very social uh I've you know I've I just, I just really like had always had good friends growing up. I mean, people like there, there was many times like I got, I got really good at lying. Like right. uh, people would say, you know, you know, why is your voice so high? Like, uh, you know, especially like when I was quite young, um, you know, like this is like when people used to call each other on the phone <laughs> I, and uh, there was no texting. Um, but uh, like I would call like my friend Jeremy, for instance, and um, his dad would answer. And I know my dad, his dad would know who it was because like, you know, we had caller ID. Like, so it wasn't yeah. that I'm not that old, but um, 
he would always go, Jeremy, there's a girl on the phone. So like, mm-hmm. I was always self-conscious on my voice. Uh, it didn't really like drop. I mean, sometimes you can still, well, you can still hear it. It's a little higher, but uh, um, that's not always the case. Like I always thought that that was like, you know, a, like a gator type thing. Like you had to have a high pitched voice, but like there was a lot of mannerisms. Like, I mean, I grew up playing Barbies with my sister. Like I had an older sister. So I kind of just did everything she did. And I really looked up to her and like, there was literally no, my parents just let me be who I was. There was one <laughs> Christmas though, that Santa didn't bring the Barbie that I asked for. And I got a, a Ken doll. <laughs> and I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty upset about that, but yeah, so it was confusing. Um, I never really like had many, um, not really many dark times. I just always like, I always had such good friends around me, but like, you know, now I'm an advocate for our community and like some of the stories, like people growing up were, you know, horrendous. So I, I was lucky, but I just, cause I've always wanted to, I guess I've always thought I, you know, I, I knew I was always a social person. So I just always like wanted to be popular, which was probably like, you know, a good and bad thing, but I don't know. <laughs> I somehow was able to, people really liked me. So, and it's yeah. just about being like, a, I guess I, I just let my personality shine through except I hid the sexual sexuality part, like very like, and I was really pushing myself on women a lot or, and women were pushing themselves on me. So it was, it was kind of, it kind of like made sense, I guess at the time. And then after coming out at 19, what was the feeling like after that? Just, did you feel like more free yeah like I I was getting to a point like I mean you know I I I was drinking like in high school and stuff like I mean we all were like Mm -hmm. a little bit underage (laughs) but uh I I yeah it was yeah it's just like there was like a lot of counseling and stuff too, um, that I had to go through. Um, I reached out to, um, like a, like a counselor at, this is at Dow and they helped me like formulate, you know, a way to tell my parents, which was like, I couldn't just sit down and say like, okay, I've known you for my whole life. And, um, I'm going to tell you, uh, <laughs> he's singing um I'm gonna tell you like you know that I've been someone else the whole my like my whole life which I haven't like it was just I never told them about my sexuality so like um but I did like a lot of us in this community we tell strangers first like we don't tell anyone that we grew up with it's really odd so Mm -hmm. I was actually skiing um in the states and the this is like the first time I actually told someone and then eventually got counseling but um I used to do a lot of downhill skiing and there was a guy in the ski shop and I was so desperate like to tell someone but I was um I just didn't know what to do and then I was like okay I'm in another country and no one knows me so I was in the ski lodge and um and I, uh, I noticed that the guy that was skate, like sharpening the skates, like he had that, like when he started talking to people, he was like super high pitched voice. So I kind of went sure. by that as well. Cause I thought it was a stereotype, which I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I lucked out and he was, and I told him and, um, you know, luckily he wasn't, 
you know, he was an angel, not someone that, you know, would, you know, like, like, I mean, I was, you know, 19 at the time. So, Mm -hmm. but he was a little older, not like by much, maybe a few years, but he really like helped me. And then when he wanted to come visit me in Canada, that's when I like had to get counseling because he was coming, you know, to Canada. And at the time I was, um, you know, I was still in the closet with all my friends and family. So he went and he was very flamboyant and I had kind of tried to hide all that. So that was very scary that I eventually had to tell one of my friends to give me an, um, kind of an alibi. Cause I was very, right. you know, had quite a huge group of friends. Like, you know, I had bros and a whole bunch of girls, like I actually had kind of a girlfriend at the time. And, um, so I needed like someone to tell, all my friends that I wasn't going to be coming out that I had something else to do. And, but I was with him the whole time. So mm-hmm. it was, it was very scary to like, like when you start to like, you know, come out, it's, it's an, it's in process. Like it's, it's, it's like a constant process because I'm an invisible minority. So right. You always have to come out. It's really odd. And what was your, what were your parents' reaction when you first did? And well, your family in general, I should ask. Mm-hmm um like I told my parents last like I was 24 okay uh, unfortunately um but they were like I you know I, I told my sister my my older sister first so we were sharing a car at the time and it, it always comes down to like for me it was always like I had to tell someone but it was because the situation was getting too heavy like I was lying too much or um like my sister and I were sharing a car and went like I we used to go to the same bars together and uh then she uh I was supposed to pick her up and then I was somewhere else right I was at a gay bar so Mm -hmm. she kind of caught me in a lie and I had to tell her like the truth and it was (laughs) we were like scraping the car together going to university we're going to like UNB at the time and uh and anyway uh, my parents, I had to actually write letters. Like I had to formulate a letter. I, that's when I went to see counselors. Cause I knew I was getting to a point where I was lying to them too much. And I was just finishing my engineering degree and it was just like too many exams. And, you know, I was dating some guys like one at a time. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, but I wrote them the exact same letter and I wanted to tell them at the same time. So they were renovating an apartment they were going to rent out. And I, uh, I had a key to their, my dad's truck. So I drove there, dropped the letters off in my dad's truck and took off. Um, the counselor I was working with told me to like have a backup plan, like just in case, like my last year of university, I was living at home. And um, so I, like was going to stay with my cousin if something you know happened so and it did um my dad was surprising like surprisingly took it good he um which I thought was going to be the opposite because my dad um you know we hunted and fished all the time like he treated me like a man the whole time like I really you know was you know I'm he made me do all like the man stuff like right you know, all the labor stuff around the house. And then I, my mom was, I was really, like, I'm still really close with, but at the time was like, just as well, I mean, I was close in a different way, I guess. And um, I thought she was going to take it really good, but she, like, when she read that first line, like, you know, I'm gay, but I'm the same 
person that you've known I I, I don't really remember it was like it was a pretty long letter uh-huh. um she um she didn't take it so well really? and she no and I mean like a lot of a lot of people like so she like it would only it was only a couple days though but I went to get my stuff like I stayed at my cousin's that night and she said that um you know, I think it was just hard for her, but I, I know what that's all about because she's just so protective of me that she didn't want anyone to uh, make fun of me. She knew what like her generation said about gay people and that it could be dangerous. And mm-hmm. But literally I went to go get my things the next day and my mom was like, you know what? If we're gonna get, I, I don't want you to leave. And I, if we're gonna get through this, we need to do it together. Like she just needed to understand. It was just a shock, you know, like she just thought it was sensitive, I guess. But, um, so she went and, um, yeah, like we were just, we made dinner that night and then it was like literally like one day she just needed to process it. Like, yeah, she's Irish from the redhead. So she's like, she has a temper, but she's like literally like one of my best friends like probably my best friend for sure like like we're so close because of it and I was just lucky that she had the reaction and then like saw that she got she was the better person like mm-hmm. I, I I think I would be if I had a child and I was straight and they said they were gay I don't know I think I might I might react a bit more as in a protective way and that's what she did mm-hmm. so. and going forward to um, 2017, where you started the, the Halifax muscles, mm-hmm. what, what was the, um, the process into starting that team? Um, I was always in a leadership position, like younger, like I was president of my high school, president of the engineering society. So I was always like, and I even have personality tests where I'm like, uh, you know, I, I can come up with a, like ideas. Like I, I'm, I'm like, I was always the idea generator as like in those leadership roles. And then I had like my, you know, the rest of the council to do the, like, you know, to make it work. Right. So I don't know. I just, uh, I just, um, I had started a, a gay volleyball team and that's something I did on the side, like first, cause I was always into volleyball too. And, uh, and it was just like, it was just really hard to book the, the courts around here. I work at a St. Mary's um, mm-hmm. and Canada games, but I, I'm on, I'm in sports facilities. So it was easy to get courts and stuff, but then I wanted to switch to hockey. And then I was like, Ooh, if I can do that with volleyball, um, we can, uh, I can do it with hockey. So it was just, um, I knew that I had to come up with a logo. <laughs> I always want to see like the vision, like you need to have a logo and a team name and um, which my mom helped me with and my sister. Uh, and um, I was in a straight league at the time that was all Halifax based names, um, co-ed. So I was thinking about starting my own team with a Halifax name. Like the, the team names were like the Highlanders, the Citadels, like all, I played on the Destroyers um but i wanted to make a gay team and then um insert it into the straight league uh and uh but i knew i had to do like a like a hockey camp so i did uh i rented the ice for like six sessions and because i worked with like a lot of different coaches and athletes in hockey like i had you know some of those like higher level coaches and stuff come out for like individual games and then we had some of the athletes helping us out as coaches 
and um and then i had to spread the word so i i sent it all over facebook um and got like a lot of my friends to get gear uh i you know included like my sister came out um uh like a lot of like straight allies came out um but then it got word i don't know how uh i forget when i started promoting it but there was trans athletes that came out there was lesbians um i mean now we have non-binary i mean maybe there was someone that identified as that but it was full like i mean i kept it cheap like i kept it like you know it's like we weren't trying to make money or i wasn't trying to make money because it was just me at the time but i included the the jerseys and like i i kind of just took what i remembered from working at all these like hockey camps like what players like i really wanted to treat everyone like an athlete and like really get the whole experience like the warm-up the the drills had to be simple and then if there was someone that was a little like had played when they're younger um we had breakout sessions for them we had i had goalie coaches I, I really thought of everything in a way to make it feel like we were really preparing to get ready for a tournament um <laughs> but what happened was we had six sessions and everyone was loving it, but there was a lot of new players. Like we had one coach that had to like drag one of the guys on a, like a, like with a hockey stick, like yeah. they had to pull like, him along. Walkers, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so by the time the, like the camp was over, we were not ready to play in the league I was playing in. The league I was playing with is it was beginner intermediate, but it was pretty fast. Right. And um one of the trans athletes came up to me and like really, you know, really made me think like he goes, Chuck, like it was, he goes, when I was in hockey, like as a girl um, and transitioning, he had nowhere to go because I think the women kind of shunned him or, you know, it was right. maybe thought it was an unfair advantage. And then he okay. didn't feel comfortable going into the, the male leagues. And he was like, what are you going to do with this? And like, at the time I was like thinking I'd have to continue like more skill sessions and, you know, just work with our group. Cause we were really getting tight. So that that's what happened is we just started like playing like once a week and we'd have like skills for part of it and then play a game at the end to, just to kind of get the athlete, these new athletes, like some hadn't played or some didn't feel comfortable playing with straight, like, you know, in a straight league yet. Mm -hmm and um but yeah it was all word of mouth and yeah and then it just sort of built from there like i had no like i had no idea it was gonna grow like it would be still going i just thought it was gonna be something you know fun to do for a bit mm -hmm. <laughs> i didn't really think that far ahead <laughs> well um, i was thinking to put it into the straight league but that didn't work as, <laughs> we, we, we continue as our own uh, as a gay man who played in the in the straight league like you said and you said maybe some people might not be comfortable uh, playing in the straight league. Why, why do you think people may feel that way? And did you ever feel that way yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just like, I felt comfortable. Um, I mean, I didn't like, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't like my 100% true self in the locker rooms. Like it's a little like daunting, I guess. It was just something that I always had an issue with when I was younger in any sport. Um, but the the thing i didn't like about it and some of them was you know you just show up like i mean i was on a like a team but like some of the other like like i was playing like shinny other nights and like some of the other play like 
like the guy, like someone like I played in Cole Harbor place and a couple other places, they were so awesome. But like a lot of these like shinny leagues, like they've been playing together forever, but they do like having spares coming. I mean, not that they weren't super welcoming, but it was just like the conversations were a little different than like, you know, what, like my gay friends and stuff and talk about and it's not really about that but it's just about like having being yourself so there wasn't really like that opportunity to I don't know I don't know I just I just felt that I'd close up whenever like someone was going to ask me something so about like I don't, I don't know maybe like relationships I don't know we didn't really get into that <laughs> but there was just like this sense that it was just like super hyper masculine like vibes in the the room like and then also when you go to the shinny you either bring like a dark or light uh jersey so like you don't really know which team you're going to be on you're kind of like oh should i be on this team or that team like so and then sometimes they're unbalanced and um so what i wanted to do is make sure that you know when you show up like you know which team you're on you know if you're like light or dark um you also know what position you're playing you have a team captain like that's how we're a little different um i did enjoy like the ref games versus like okay we're just gonna like keep playing and like you know we don't even keep score we kept score like i i feel that that's really important um it is a lot more organizing um and then um there was one other like shinny league i went to that was so much fun there was uh they played like heavy metal i know it's it's not super probably dangerous to like not be able to hear much but I took that and I played I had like got one of my friends to DJ and so she played like a lot of very like I don't think like the Halifax forum has really heard that much share in Brittany um in a long time but we played like super you know gay anthems and <laughs> straight anthems but everyone kind of knew it was the muscles because I remember we told someone like you should come watch us play and they didn't think they were on the right um arena at first and then they heard the music and they're like yeah that's the gate <laughs> so i don't know i just i guess i i felt like it was fun but i i i wanted to um i don't know i guess i just wanted to it to be a little bit more like add a bit more spice and glitter to it like our our, our uh like Luckily, when I was in Toronto studying to be a chiropractor, I did play in gay sports, but it was volleyball, which um, and playing like and, doing, and being social with our community. It's like a lot of people that they were all like they might have played sports when they were younger, but they didn't they weren't the bros. Right. Like we we acted like we were bros. But <laughs> now, like we almost like like the we're almost like overly gay because we um we've kind of suppressed it for so long yeah. so i think that's that's where gay sports differ is that we don't take it as seriously we don't play as rough either um and um that that's actually one of our like <laughs> advertising components to our uh, league is that a lot of the straight guys like to play with us because we don't we're not we're not like as rough as every other team like and not, mm -hmm. not that they're like super rough but like we don't, we just want to, we actually want to pass. We want to give like beginners a chance to like carry the puck. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, I, I find that like most people's stories, it's like they didn't feel comfortable mainly because 
they didn't have as much experience as I did, like being with so many jocks my whole life and working behind the scenes with athletes right now. So I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin, but it took me a while where a lot of them like have not had the experiences I had in sports. And um, Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't know how to like interact with um, like in the dressing room. Like they don't, they don't really have as much experience as I had. So when we had, when we started this, like I, we even had, like, I had some, I had to go out and get someone out of their car and walk them into the dressing room. Like that, this wow. is during, this is during the muscles and they were like, so anxious, like they wanted to be included, but I think that they just all had, they like people had worse experiences than I did going in sports. Mm-hmm. And obviously with yourself uh, playing many sports, like you said, there's obviously there's this culture to hockey, the stereotypical look, maybe missing teeth, these bone crushing hits you know what what people say mostly in the states where hockey isn't as popular um (laughs) do you think maybe that could also have uh, scared people off the the stereotypical and the the culture of hockey yeah um there's um well we like i i help out with like hockey Nova Scotia well we, we just kind of had a presentation to the board of hockey Nova Scotia about diversity and inclusion and one of the um you know we had like a survey that went out to everyone but one of them like one of the points was like there's not a, there wasn't a sense of belonging so yes the the sport is quite rough you know there's like lots of movies out about yeah like the teeth getting knocked out and like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff but um the one the what what's what's the issue is there's no role models, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a player that came out in um, in professional hockey. I mean, in the New Brunswick, but like no one in Nova Scotia, like no one uh, other than like female hockey is is quite open. Like female hockey is a different beast altogether. They're they're very inclusive, and um, you know, there's w- women tend to accept more than like men. Um, when it comes to feelings and, and away from my feelings and now I'm trying to like connect back into my like femininity and um and who I was as a kid and that kid was like you know that little chucker well Charles is my real name but you know I was a very feminine I spent most of my life trying not to have feelings. Like, I, I mean, like really connecting to a female sense of things. Cause so, um, you know, that like a lot of, uh, a lot of us in this, like, you know, that are gay, we, we just didn't have a role model that was open. So we just didn't really think it was a place for us. And, it, you know, it is, you know, some of the things I've heard in like, you know, like in hockey you know behind the scenes like as a you know a chiropractor actually like where i you know i've you know been on tournaments on the road and mm-hmm. you know it's pretty it's pretty like there's a lot of like it sounds like homophobia like even like the chirping in the the stands right. mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's gonna change though like i feel like hockey nova scotia is really taking a lot of steps to make the hockey culture better uh and it's it's going to make it more in, um inclusive for sure it's going to you know it's going to take a long time um but i think hockey is probably like the most 
um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very intimidating sport to be part of mm-hmm. personally, but. And I did want to ask you about what, uh, organizations like hockey Nova Scotia are doing in, and, um, pro sports like the NHL. Um, but you did mention, um, a hockey player in New Brunswick to come out from Moncton, New Brunswick, Yannick Duplessis. Yes. Um, I think I'm saying that right. I may be butchering it, but then yeah, I would butcher it too. Model like that, what does that mean for yourself and other players? Um, it just means it's changing. Like, uh, I mean, his teammates from what I gathered really like accepted him. Um, it's going to mean like younger players are going to come up like or younger kids. Like when I was a kid, I didn't have, like, there was no one like that, like not in any sport really. Um, it will probably just make you want to play. Like it would, it would have made me want to play when I was younger, maybe continue, um, maybe push through like, you know, some of my awkwardness. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's what needs to change for like gay sports is there needs to be more people like to come out of the closet and to speak about it. So. Mm-hmm. And I know there was, um, I think it was 2014. It wasn't hockey, but it was in the NBA. Jason Collins had came out and for the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. But I know he uh, at the time there was a lot of obviously you go on Twitter, you're going to see some negative messages. I'm wondering if there are any negative reception around Halifax or the Nova Scotia area when you first started this organization? Um, mostly from my community. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, like a lot of my friends, um, they didn't think that there was any gay hockey players. They're like, there's no one that plays hockey that's gay. Um, I mean, I knew some guys that had played and I had reached out to them. Like, so I knew there was. And if anything, that lit a fire under me to make it successful. Uh, but yeah, there was not really any backlash. Like, I, and then when, even when, like, on Facebook, there's the Halifax hockey community, and um, we had shared like links to like registering for like, you know, the, you know, some of our skills camps to like the, you know, our shinny nights. And we had so many people outpour like and want to play with us. And a lot of straight guys, like, they had no they didn't care. Like they, they actually loved it. Like some of them actually left their nights to come play with us. And now I'm actually my old captain of the destroyers. He preferred playing with muscles over like that league. And he left and now he's like, he's like our like lead organizer now of like, um, cause like I, I, I've had to like enlist more people to help cause it started getting bigger mm. and now we have a board and everything. And, um, and it's the straight guys that have really like helped really kind of like, cause we, we didn't really know how to like grow it. And like, and when you bring more people to the table, like we have, you know, a trans representative, like on the board, we have a non-binary representative on the board. We have, you know, gay guys, lesbians, um, and two straight guys. And when we bring all those voices together, like it's, and then we, we attract more people, like we attract, all those communities so we're actually going to be expanding hopefully like this fall to three to four nights a week i mean depending on like all these restrictions mm-hmm. um because we've started and stopped and started and stopped with this like uh, like every other sport but hockey nova scotia is also going to try to do this it's called um 
the 5030 uh, challenge, which was kind of by the government. Um, a lot, some uh, larger companies are doing it where like 50% of like major committees or boards are gonna be comprised of like 50% male, female, and 30%, the 5030, like 30 part is having a very diverse, like 30% of those members would be like, you know, of other races, genders, um, 2S LGBTQ plus, uh, and, and like, and actually people with disabilities too. Um, and so like all that work I've done with them, I, I was the LGBTQ rep and then I worked with um, the organizers of the black youth hockey group and the indigenous hockey group and the uh, sledge hockey um, organizer slash athlete and um, human rights lawyer. <laughs> like it was, it was like this whole year, like, well, actually it was, we started this in 2019 um, over a year, like a year and a half, roughly. I, I had no idea I would like be <laughs> this involved. I was just trying to like, I just was doing it more to, uh, you know, play the sport. And now it's like, I'm realizing that I'm like, I've grown so much to understand like what everyone else is going through. Like, so like mm -hmm. invisible minorities like us, but to like the people of color and people with disabilities, it's been quite a struggle. And, um, and I feel like if anyone wants to grow like their hockey leagues or whatever, it's, it's really getting like a lot of different voices and you can hear like we're, we're, you know, even with our league, we do surveys to see how, how everything's going and getting feedback and from the players just to make it better. Like you, you can always be better. Mm -hmm. You seem to be like a role model, so to say. How, <laughs> <laughs> um, how would that make you feel that younger kids who may be not confident enough to come out when they're feeling this way, not being able to come out or not feeling like they're, they're able yeah. to play sports. How does that make you feel that you are someone that they would look up to? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I never really thought of that as much, but, um, uh, I, but I have toyed with the idea because of what has happened with hockey in Nova Scotia. And I, I feel like for me, I want to, I can see myself in the future doing something like the opposite of a conversion, a gay, like a conversion camp, like, you know, like how people convert, um, there's these like conversion therapy camps okay. and I kind of want to, um, it really like hit me. I'm taking a leadership course right now. And, and there was some, um, and it was like, I was away on a retreat actually in the, the pandemic and when I got back to like reality like we didn't really have access to internet and there was all these like uh posts on all my gay friends on my Instagram that they were bringing back like you know some of the members of parliament like before the conservative party were voting to reinstate like a law to bring back conversion therapy and I just thought of myself as a kid and all those little kids that you know, would think that being gay is wrong and that they had to go and like, you know, get electric shock therapy and all that stuff. So um, because of what I've done for, you know, like this team, the muscles and like some of the feedback I've got, um, I feel like I, I do need to connect with more gays, like more and like, and not just hockey, like other sports, 
that I, I, I have kind of thought about doing like the opposite of conversion camp and like just do a camp where we really connect to back to our, well, but connect to our masculine side. Cause like a lot of my, like a lot of the younger gays don't have to do what I did. Like they didn't have to try to be straight. Like I, you know, mm -hmm. but a lot of them need to connect to their masculine side and, and some are already connected to their feminine or they've, they've hidden that. Um, but I really feel like I would like to do something like that where we I bring in coaches again <laughs> and um, maybe even like learn how to throw a ball properly like learn how to like um you know kick a ball properly and like even I don't know I, I thought about like even just learning how to um like teaching people like how to work out and like connect to their body and be confident because I was lucky that I stayed in sports like even though I tried different ones working out and like being athletic made me confident and it and it and it and it, it hid me within all the jocks. I'm a big guy. So like I was hanging out with football players, but I was rowing. Um, and, uh, and a lot of gay guys, especially like contact me or like message me and they say like, can you show me how to work out? And like, I don't, you know, I don't really have the time to take everyone to the gym. I used to be a personal trainer, but, um, but as a chiropractor, I'm like, you know, that's my main focus is, is that, but I do feel like I might have to, I want to do at some point is have a, a group of um, people from my, my community and, and show them how to like train to be an athlete and then maybe pick an, a sport, you know, like, or, or give them like a little bit of examples of like dribbling a ball or shooting a ball or and just so they get a, like a little variety because like hockey's not for everyone. It's a big investment. It's, it's definitely so exciting though. But um, I mean, but I, I really do see myself doing like a, the opposite of like <laughs> gay conversion is make people gay, but <laughs> I don't know. It's like confidence camp, I guess. Right. I thought, I thought about it for like, I don't know, for a while now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of future plans, I, I had read this article. Um, I, I can't remember. I think it was 2019, I want to say. Uh, but you had said you wanted to go to, I think, Toronto or Montreal because mm. there are more gay leagues there. Um, mm -hmm. What's the update with that? Have you come any closer to that? Well, like there is a Western Cup and a Canada Cup. Canada Cup is usually between like Toronto and Ontario. Like the, those leagues are huge. Like it's all gay men. So we we're trying to figure out, um, well, especially with the restrictions and stuff. But we've been invited. Well, one year we just couldn't really like, you know, it's quite a lot of money to bring all your gear out there and stuff. So there was, I don't think we would have had a full team. But now we have tons of guys that and girls. Um, that you know would want to go so my role now is um i want to help develop like if we pick a team like we we do it similar to like um you know just like a hockey camp like you know really make it competitive like really see what like a lot of these athletes do to make a team like almost like a team nova scotia or team muscles i guess um and then we would be the first team from the atlanta canada to enter one of those groups and, and they know about us because <laughs> like some of the the teams like all the bigger cities have teams and we're kind of like you know one of the last bigger cities to get one i guess so i really want to work with the team behind the scenes i mean i would you know, 
probably well, no no joke would still probably play if I make the team but I, I like it has to like I would literally bring people from outside to like really make sure that like the skills are high because it's 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 pretty like fast hockey in Toronto Montreal and yeah. West and um so I would definitely probably like more so take along the lines as like the team chiropractor and I would really make sure they were like super fit they really understood how to warm up they like the training wouldn't wouldn't be easy like the gym programs the um you know and making sure they understand therapy not just with me but like I know a lot of therapists in the city that can help and um I really just want to make like show them that we're really good at hockey over here but I really want to make it really competitive and not everyone's gonna make the team it's just the way it goes even the muscles Yeah, you had mentioned some of these other cities have teams. Um, I was looking on the NHL website, and I noticed they had a, a section dedicated to these teams, and you guys were on it. What does it mean to be on a really? A web- <laughs> yeah, actually, the uh, I'll just get the link up here. It was I didn't know the, that. <laughs> yeah, the NHL.com slash community slash pride slash celebrations. Um, so obviously this is news to you. Uh, what's it what's yeah. it mean to have your team on a, a, the website of one of the most famous leagues in the in the world? Well, I don't know, I'm speechless. Um that that, <laughs> that was I was never thinking that. I mean, I did have a conversation with Sidney Crosby um like at one of the like his hockey camps um we, they always had a party after like we even I even got to drink out of the um, Stanley Cup <laughs> with him pouring it like pre-COVID um, we were all drinking out of the same um, Stanley Cup um, and uh, I told him about what I was doing and um, and he was really excited for me he's like that was you know you have like you know let me know how it's going I mean I haven't seen him since because like ever since you know the last hockey camp it it was um it was delayed so but I mean at least like I knew he knew (laughs) um but yeah I didn't know that it was on the NHL website but I mean I think that's just showing that like the NHL is progressing and that you know it's baby steps but man like it's like even hockey nova scotia did a video of us um not too long ago just like um a few weeks ago that's being edited and it should be like being like it, sh- it will be on their website probably on like social media on hockey nova scotia and it's about the halifax muscles and mm-hmm. there's a lot of interviews um not just with me but with um a lot of our players and there's like footage of us playing and um and we're like some of us are mics while we're playing and it's okay like some of the words that people brought up like i i got to hear all the um there was like hockey nova scotia invested a lot of money to do this video and they used um the same production company that you know has done a lot of work with hockey canada and is very well done i think i haven't seen like any of the videos but of any of the footage yet but i will be getting an edit here soon but like i got to listen like the interviewer wanted me to be kind of right like i did my interview last but i got to i picked the players that i really wanted to show our diversity within our group and he just wanted to make sure he answered all like because I know all them all personally. So he wanted to make sure that, that while he was interviewing them, that there wasn't anything he was missing. So I got to hear firsthand like what people said about the community and like, what about about the muscles. And it was just like to me that was like one of the best days I've had because I didn't realize like my um 
you know, the power that, you know, this group's brought and it's just good that like the NHL is even putting us somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, or putting us like including us, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that, that the players had said, if you remember? Um, again, like, it's kind of funny, but like, I didn't think that the locker room talk in other hockey groups was, um, also daunting to other players like I didn't know that and uh we had uh one of the players really talked about like <laughs> when they're in getting ready for the game um they get to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race which is like a big you know com- competition show it's kind of mm-hmm. like the Super Bowl for like gay people like we all <laughs> we're, like we, we used to all gather right and watch it because like you know it's kind of part of our um our culture now so like literally they talk a lot about the conversations in the change room like how it's you know it's not intimidating um also that um you know like one guy you'll see um ryan hackett uh he'll kill me telling you this but he was pretty nervous like he was kind of like our uh underdog like so anxious showing up and um he he really came out of the shell like uh, you know he was so nervous to come and play and hadn't played hockey before he had heard about the group he just wanted to meet like a lot of a lot of people want to meet gay people outside of a bar because that's the only right. place that we really go to mm-hmm. um there's not as many like avenues to meet gay people like you know and have conversations with outside of drinking i guess and uh in halifax anyway but um he was so nervous but now like he's been with us for a few years and he I made sure the interviewer knew that he had a journey that um, now he's like playing in a, in a straight league and our league. So he's playing two nights a week. Like he couldn't even skate backwards. He's like now a captain of one of our teams and he's become, you know, he's still like a little awkward, you know, like shy, but Holy, like he is so much more confident and what a hockey player. Like he's, he's like obsessed and he also picks the teams like he really understands people's skill level to make sure that the teams are balanced so he's part of our board so like someone that was you know very quiet and shy and like i didn't you know i didn't think he was gonna a lot like stay with us too long because it was very uncomfortable for him to now being like a captain of one of our teams like off and on we always have different captains that rotate that make sure that the team has the lines ready and like you know Mm -hmm. has like some leadership on the team um and uh yeah i was just his story is amazing the uh jalen um is the trans athlete that um really made me want to continue with this program like in the skills event and he talked a lot about um how he had given up hockey because he didn't feel like it belonged and now he's like literally like one of our star players like he won muscle of the year in the first season like he had the most goals most assists he um like no one could catch him (laughs) gay straight uh lesbian bi whatever uh the trans athletes is what like you know um really really like I don't know. It was a gift to really like play with them and learn from them and, um, and to realize it's just about people. It's not about like your sexuality, like where we all connected through hockey and um, sport and, and it really like, 
it really makes you have experiences outside of the bar situation and um yeah like they that, that's what they kept saying was that and then I also had a one of my friends who he was the one of the guys that was being pulled by one of the coaches at the beginning like I didn't really have to sell it to him too much he likes he kind of does anything I like he likes to be involved with um anything that I start so he was really like supportive but he told me just the other day that um the Halifax muscles is one of the only places that he doesn't feel judged <clears throat> like the everyone is um considered equal and there's no um there's no real hierarchy like, like there's no uh you know in some groups you can get like I guess that you know the mean girls or the that kind of thing like you know there's right. you know I guess the popularity thing which I was always trying to have it you know to survive in high school and even university um there's none of that like doesn't matter your age like we like gender what you look like like large skinny um awkward like if we were all standing in front of you you would not really think we were a hockey team but we are more than a team than people really know and um that that's what really surprised me is that the typical hockey player doesn't always look like you know the typical hockey player on like tv but um well anyway it's just i don't know it's just uh the, all the testimonials were like really like warm my heart and i just now i just feel like i uh i'm ready to do more maybe even in a different way right so right <laughs> that's great i think uh i think i covered everything i wanted to talk about um <laughs> That was a great, that was a great interview. Is there anything else that I, maybe I didn't bring up that you wanted to talk about? Oh my God. I think I talked about way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, um, I mean, if I could say something about like the community, like the gay community, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of, um, I do want to thank like the other gay sports um, that hel- helped me with um, the muscles, which is including like, or uh, the loose ends curling and um, like the softball league. I had reached out to them also with like how to organize and set up, um, you know, like, you know, Facebook and all that kind of stuff and get the word out. They also helped advertise for me um, and try to get like, you know, we collaborated a bit and we even um, may even do, well, that was kind of the thing because I curl and with the gay league and, you know, play hockey we were thinking about doing um, a combined thing where uh, we have multi-sport, a gay tournament multi-sport here in Halifax because the curling leagues in Canada, like gay curling leagues in Canada are are very established. So I was just lucky enough that um, my community accepted that there was another sport on the horizon and um, they really um, accepted us. And now they want a team with us, which I thought was amazing. So, um, so hopefully that happens eventually. And, uh, but yeah, I just, I just hope that it keeps growing and um, that more kids, you know, aren't scared to, you know, be involved and like, and, um, and be athletic and, you know, you know, connect with their bodies and, and get strong and, and be confident. Like I just would, I would just wish it was something I could like, if I could talk to myself as, you know, the five-year-old, I'd, I'd be like saying that, it's going to be all right. Like you just have to, 
you know, you have to trudge through like those years. And, and, you know, there was a lot that I learned trying to be straight and uh, it's not something I regret it. I think it, it got me to this point. Cause I'm, I'm more of a, I'm a connector between the gay and straight world or the LGBTQ plus and the rest of the world. And, um, and because I live both sides very intimately, um, I understand like how to communicate to like multiple people. And now even in my community, um, uh, you know, I really am starting to understand the stories and I just hope that it keeps getting better and that we grow. Hey everyone, it's me again, your host, Billy Cole. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. If you have any tips, suggestions, uh, feedback, whatever it may be, you can email me at billycole8 at outlook.com or the podcast email, which is maritimedeluxe at gmail.com. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, billycole underscore, or the podcast Instagram, which is maritimedeluxe. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time.